0: We're in uh, week three of this series on the Ten Commandments, and I think probably um, every week of this series we'll probably go back to the, the, the basic truth that we established the first week of this series. And the first week of the series, we didn't look at any of the commandments. We just kind of debunked this um, myth, this idea that is so often associated with the Ten Commandments. And it's just foundational, I think, for us as we continue to study these Ten Commandments. And that, that myth, that misunderstanding associated with the Ten Commandments is simply that God did not give The Ten Commandments as a way for people, for human beings to get into a right relationship with him. That's not why God gave the Ten Commandments. They're, They're not to be a pathway that by following them by doing your best to to keep them in all of your life, that the result of that following the Ten Commandments will result in a right relationship with God. That's not why God gave the Ten Commandments. God gave the Ten Commandments to people who were already in a relationship with him. In fact, the, the Israelites, when God gave them the Ten Commandments, they already had a relationship with God that was hundreds of years old. And God had already shown his love to them. God had already rescued them. He'd already saved them. And now he gave them these Ten Commandments, not as a pathway to a right relationship with him, but as a way to preserve and to protect that relationship that they had with God. And so for us, too, these commands... They're not a way for us to get in right with our Heavenly Father. They are a way for us to protect and to preserve that relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. And as we looked at last week, the first commandment, which kind of supersedes, I think, all of the commandments, the first commandment saying that God should be the number one person, the number one thing in our lives. That nothing... In our lives, no person, no thing of this world should in some way be more important to us than God. There's, there's one, and only, there is one and only God, and that God has revealed himself to us as the Savior God, which means everything to us. And so God says, I am to be number one in your life. And as we're gonna see in all of these commandments, I think when when we uh, better understand that first commandment and why that first commandment is so important for our lives, the rest of the commandments just kinda all fall into place underneath that first commandment when we remember that God is to be first in our lives. This morning, we're gonna be looking at the second commandment, okay? We don't do anything too tricky here. We're just gonna take these all right in order, okay? But it is a little bit tricky And that not everyone numbers the commandments the same way. Okay, When you read, as we're doing in our series here, when you read in Exodus chapter 20, when God is giving these ten statements to Moses, he does not say to Moses, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. He just says, you shall have no other gods. And so what ends up happening is that you can divide these commandments differently and different churches do divide them differently. So um, for some people, for some churches, the second commandment has to do with not making an idol. And we look at that and and we just kind of lump that together with not having any other gods. So that's all part of the first commandment for us. And so we kind of jump to what some people will call the third commandment. We call the second commandment. And I'll just kind of, before I say it, we've already talked about it a little bit, can anyone venture a guess as to what the second commandment is as we kind of say second commandment in our circles? Anybody want to throw out what that is? Let's use the King James Version. Let's be real official here this morning, okay? Anyone? Remember? Remember? All right, good, good. Um, You know, I think the closer you are to the first commandment, probably the more of them we'll remember. And then as we keep going, we'll probably be less and less. But so, second commandment. According to the, you know, King James official version. I didn't grow up with it. But thou shalt not take the name of thy Lord, your God, thy God in vain. Okay? You guys remember that? Growing up with that? What does it mean? What does it mean to take God's name in vain? Does anybody, do you, think, you ever think about that? See, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle for us because nobody talks that way anymore today, do we? To say, take somebody's name in vain. That doesn't mean a whole lot for us today. And, um, you know, a little bit about the second commandment. I think that for most of us here today, What we remember of the second commandment and the what does it mean for our lives, I think for most of us here today, we remember a very narrow application of the second commandment. And I think for many of us, remembering the very narrow application of the second commandment, we could sum up the second commandment not with a thou shalt not take, but simply with do not cuss. Right? Right? That's probably what most of us, when we think second commandment, when we think don't take God's name in vain, most of us are probably thinking to ourselves, don't cuss. Don't use God's name, which is a three-letter word, God, like it's a four-letter word. Okay? Don't use Jesus' name, which is a five-letter word, like it's a four-letter word. That's what we, most of us, when we think about the second commandment, that's where our minds immediately go. Now, I if that's the case, if that's what this commandment is really all about and that's just the main thrust of this second commandment, then I think we should probably do what the people in Middleborough, Massachusetts did this past week and we should start a petition to be able to sign a city ordinance that fines anyone $20 if they cuss in public. Did you hear about that this past week, just Thursday? Middleborough, Massachusetts made it against the law, fine you 20 bucks if you cuss in public. Okay, Maybe we should do that. Maybe that would help us all keep the second commandment a little bit better. Now, I'm making a little bit light of what they did in Massachusetts and I'm making, a, t- just simply to make a point, that the idea of do not cuss as what the second commandment is what it's getting at is, is I think, false, Now, I'm not saying, hear me out, I'm not saying that do not cuss does not fit underneath the second commandment. I'm not saying that you can go out and cuss and you can use God's name like whatever, Jesus' name like whatever. You can say in God's name, damn anything to hell and I don't, you know, that that's not a big deal, okay? That does fit underneath the second commandment. All I'm saying is that that is a very narrow application of what the second commandment is actually getting at. And I think that if we better understand what the second commandment is actually talking about, that I think that we will realize that it applies to our lives in a much bigger way than simply do not cuss. And again, remember why God gave the commandments. He gave them to us to protect our relationship with Him. And if it's simply do not cuss, then I think we could probably simply, a lot of us, go past the second commandment pretty quickly. And yet, it's the second commandment. It's given right after the first commandment. And I think that there is a much greater meaning behind this commandment, a much broader meaning uh, than we'll look at this morning. So, second commandment from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, up on the screen. Very simply, just one verse today. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. All right, so you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does it mean to misuse someone's name? Let me give you a couple of examples, a couple of different ways that you can misuse someone's name. Okay, out, maybe you heard this in the news as well. This past week in New York City, Mayor Mike Bloomberg. Um, put out a proposal to ban the Big Gulp, okay? So any soft drink, any sugary drink that is basically over 30 ounces, the mayor of New York City is saying that we should ban those within the city limits of New York City. And, uh, you know, for health reasons and insurance reasons and all this stuff, he's he's thinking that that's a bad idea. So nothing over 30 ounces. Now, some of you who know me, maybe know me a little bit better, you know that I like Big Gulps. Okay. Not the 7-Eleven big gulps, I just, I like to drink, okay? That sounds not the greatest here in church. <laughs> I like to drink water, okay? Let me be specific. If you put a glass of water in front of me, no matter how large, and, and for me, the bigger the better, I'll drink it very quickly. So I like to take big gulps, I drink a lot of water. And so, now let's just imagine you and a friend are having a little argument about what New York City should be doing with the Big Gulp. Should they ban it? Should they not ban it? Your, your opinion, let's just follow me here, your opinion is that they should not ban the Big Gulp, that anybody should be able to drink however much beverage that they would like, okay? And your friend thinks, no, 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 they're with Mayor Bloomberg, and we should ban the Big Gulp, nothing over 30 ounces, okay? So you're having this little friendly argument, and yes, we should be able to do it, no, Yes, no, and and back and forth, and who's right? Nobody's right. And finally, in the midst of this conversation, you throw out to your friend, hey, you know what? New Yorkers should be able to have the big gulp because Pastor Steve likes big gulps. (laughs) And your friend is like, oh, well, you got me there, All right? Okay, no, they wouldn't, but they wouldn't care what my opinion is. But what have you just done? In a sense, you have misused my name. Because the reality is, is, I don't care whether or not New Yorkers can drink Big Gulps or not. But what you've done is you've associated me by throwing my name into that conversation. You have associated me with something that I don't want to be associated with. But you've used my name in that conversation like I care about the Big Gulp. Okay, so you've associated my name with something that I don't actually want to be associated with. That's one way that you can misuse someone's name. Another way that you can misuse someone's name. Let's just imagine that tonight my four-year-old daughter comes up to me five minutes before bed and she says, Dad, I'd like to have a half gallon of ice cream right now. And I say, no. And she says, but Dad, I would really like a half gallon of ice cream before I go to bed and I say no you can't have a half gallon of ice cream and she starts to whine and complain and eventually she's in tears and in desperation she says dad I want a half gallon of ice cream and mom said I could what has she just done she has misused her mom's name. She has, what she has done is in desperation, she has in that conversation, she's thrown in her mom's name to basically leverage her position, to be able to kind of try and throw me off of my position. She's used her mother's name to try and use it against me, but she has misused her mom's name by saying that mom is in favor of something that mom is actually not in favor of. See? Let me give you one more example of misusing someone's name. Some of you probably remember, this is a few years back, but a City Card, the credit card, City Card, used to put out those commercials where you would have an individual up on the screen that you would see and the voice that you heard obviously did not match The person who was up on the screen. So, for instance, one that I remember very well was uh, two elderly ladies sitting on a couch and they're drinking tea, okay? And they're talking about their brand new motorcycles that they just purchased. And they're talking in um, southern male voices, okay, about their brand new motorcycles and how fast they are and how loud they are. I can even remember, you know, she's Wow. Anyways, so they're talking about how loud their motorcycles are and and the point of the commercial was it had to get to identity theft, right? These two ladies, their identities had been stolen and what somebody had done was they had misused their name. They had attached those ladies' names to something that they did not want to be attached to. They had stolen the identity of someone else and they had basically twisted it to mean something other than it actually did. Okay, so second commandment, God says you shall not misuse my name. You shall not associate my name with something that I don't want to be associated with. You shall not leverage my name to try and push your position, especially when it's not something that I'm in favor of. You shall not try to bring in my name, steal my name, just simply to get your way. I think that's what God's getting at in a broad way, in a big way, what this commandment is actually talking about. Not simply do not cuss, which is a narrow application of the second commandment. Now, why is this such a big deal? God says you shall not misuse my name. What's so important about God's name? Why does God care? Is he, is he simply talking about that three-letter word God? That five-letter word Jesus? Is that, is that what God's talking about? Just a name? How do we use names? Right? You, you all have names. You all came in here today with a name. Your name stands for a lot, does it not? Your name, if I were to throw out a name, if I were to throw out one of your names, there is immediately, for all of us in the room, we're going to start thinking about who you are. Because we attach to a name somebody's personality, somebody's character, somebody's reputation. There's so much that goes into someone's name. So if I were to throw out a name, Abraham Lincoln, Right away, we're not just thinking the name Abraham Lincoln, but we're thinking a president of the United States, we're thinking slavery, we're thinking all sorts of things that are associated with Abraham Lincoln. And so to misuse his name would be to, in some way, go against his reputation, speak badly about his personality, go against his character, tear down his character. That would be to misuse his name. So God's name, what is God's name? Well, God's name is every expression that he's given us to reveal himself. Think about that. Everything that we know about God is wrapped up in his name. And there are hundreds of names for God throughout the Bible. And all of them reveal to us some other aspect of who God is, you know, how God functions with human beings, And so it's a very important name. In fact, as Scripture says, it is the most powerful name that we know of because it reveals to us who God is. It reveals to us God's character. It reveals to human beings what is in God's heart. And there are a number of places in Scripture where in a very brief way, a very simple way, God reveals himself to us. One of those ways is just a couple of chapters after uh, where we're at in Exodus. It's not up on the screen, but in Exodus chapter 34, God reveals himself by his name to Moses and he says of himself, I am the gracious and compassionate God. He says that I love to show mercy. I love to show forgiveness. I love to love people. That's who I am. That's my character. And then he goes on in Exodus 34 and he says, I'm also a just God. I am a holy and a perfect God and I will ultimately seek justice as well. And so we get, in a very brief way, very quick way, we get two, these two main truths about God. That he is, yes, a gracious and a loving God, but he is also a God who takes sin seriously. That he is a God who is not going to let sin go unpunished. And so there are those two main truths about God that he has revealed to human beings by his name. And he asks us not to misuse that name because what happens when we misuse God's name? If we end up misusing God's name, the the main thing that will end up happening is that we will confuse these two truths about who God is. That in some way, we will diminish the love and the mercy and the grace of God and that in some way, when we confuse who God is and these two main truths about God, we will diminish... The justice and the holiness of who God is. And when we confuse who God is, who suffers for that? Who is impacted by that? Moses tells us in the rest of verse 7 here, he says, For the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So God says, I want you to use my name properly. And he also attaches a warning for when we misuse his name. And he says, I'm not going to hold anyone guiltless who misuses my name. Now, what does that exactly mean? I'll be real honest. I can't tell you exactly what that phrase means, that God won't hold you guiltless if you don't. But a couple things that I can tell you. One is, he's talking about making the misuse of his name as a habit. If that's your lifestyle... If it's just your way of life to misuse God's name, God is saying that there, there's going to be the attachment of guilt to the misuse of his name. And so he warns us not to make a habit, not to have a lifestyle of misusing God's name. Now, I've talked a lot about what does it mean to misuse someone's name. I've talked about what, what God's name is and everything that he's revealed to us about himself. What does it actually look like when we misuse The name of the Lord, our God. Let me give you a couple examples. Um, Let me start off with some big kind of humanitarian examples, and then we'll get a little bit more specific. How about the Crusades as an example of the misuse of God's name? When Christians, in the name of God, went back to Israel, to the city of Jerusalem, saying that God needed to have this city back and we will kill, slaughter, destroy anyone who gets in our way. It's a misuse of God's name. How about another one? Slavery here in America. How many pastors during the era of slavery in God's name preached in favor of slavery? Something that God was not in favor of. But they attached God's name. They leveraged God's name to support a position that God was not in favor of. How about another one? You've probably heard in the news at some point in your life when someone has gone with a gun to an abortion doctor and taken the doctor's life. In the name of God, not wanting to destroy life, they have destroyed life. It's a misuse of God's name. Okay? How about some closer examples? Some examples that are uh, closer to our hearts. How about this for example? God has provided me with a job. Okay? God is blessed me with that job. He has taken care of me. God's promised that he's going to take care of me through the job that he has. So, hey, if I take a little cash from the office, if I put down a few more hours than I actually worked, hey, you know, God's just, you know, this is how God's taken care of me and God's just taken care of me a little bit better by taking some of that money, some of those hours that aren't actually mine. To misuse of God's name. How about this one? This is, a, I think, a real popular one. I hear this one a lot. Um, God wants me to be happy. Okay? It doesn't matter how I live, okay? In the name of happiness, because God wants me to be happy, FYI, God never says in Scripture that his goal for your life is for you to be happy. But, okay, God wants me to be happy and so I've heard people excuse all sorts of sinful behavior in the name of happiness that God intends for them, they say. Things like, I mean, premarital sex, other sexual habits, whether it's internet related or anything like that. I mean, alcohol related, um, uh, you know, just overall, you know, bad attitude towards the people around them, you know, putting other people down. But hey, God wants me to be happy. It doesn't matter how if I treat these people like dirt. God wants me to be happy, so I can smile and God's all good with that. No, that, that's misusing God's name. How about this one? While it has roots in the Catholic Church, it still is something that I think we deal with today. And just an FYI, um, confession in the Catholic Church did not start out this way. Its intended use was not to be used like this, but it's been abused And the misuse of God's name is directly involved in the abuse of confession, right? You've probably heard people say, hey, Saturday night, live it up, do whatever, because why? Tomorrow morning's confession, right? Can use God's name, because God's got to forgive me. God's going to forgive me tomorrow morning, so I can do whatever I want tonight. I can live it up, all right? How about... This, you know, this just plays into it. A lot of these just kind of are a little overlapping, but how about this one? God couldn't love me more. Which is true. God could not love you more. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing else that God could do to show his, his love in an even greater way than he already has done for you. But I've heard people use that as an excuse to drink, you know, to, to, to have a lifestyle that is defined by drinking. Well, God couldn't love me anymore, so... It doesn't matter how I live my life. When God actually says, no, that our lives should reflect the faith that is in our hearts, but no, I can live however I want. How about this one? God wouldn't want someone to get away or to get off easy if they sin against me. Okay? So God wouldn't want, if, if, if you sin against me, you know, God takes sin seriously, Right? I just said that earlier this morning. God takes sin seriously. So if you sin against me, God takes sin seriously. I'm going to take your sin seriously. And guess what? I'm not going to let you just walk away. I'm not going to just simply forgive you. I'm going to hold it against you. As long as I feel that you need to pay me back for that sin. And so I'm going to be resentful. I'm going to be mean towards you because God says that he takes sin seriously and I'm just taking sin seriously, okay? One more example. Kind of the other end of the spectrum of everything that I've talked about so far, but how about this one? God says that he forgives you, forgives the sins of the entire world. Yeah, but there's a particular sin in my life that's bigger than God's forgiveness. There's a particular sin in my life, there's something that that I deal with that is larger than That's something that God simply cannot forgive. That's a misuse of God's name because God said that Jesus died for every sin, including all of your sins. So I think probably for all of us, the misuse of God's name beyond do not cuss is something that probably hits home a lot more often than we maybe thought. And I don't know if that's true for you, but I know it is for me. And it's times like that, that we need to go back to why God gave his name in the first place. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we're told the the apostles, after Jesus rose from the dead, the apostles say that salvation, salvation which is God's saving activity of human beings. He says that the way that God saves, salvation is found in no one else except for Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, For there is no other name given to human beings by which we are saved. There is no other name given to us by which we are saved. And in that one sentence, we come back to why God gave his name in the first place. And that is to come to you and to me sinful people though we are, and to tell us that our sins in the name of Jesus are forgiven, that our sins in the name of Jesus as he bled and died on the cross, that our sins in the name of Jesus are taken away, that they are paid for, that we have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father, not because of our name, not because of something we've done, but because of the name of Jesus. A name that for most of you has been part of water poured over your head. A name for many of you, for most of you, I pray that you go to regularly, daily, as you speak to your Heavenly Father. As you ask for forgiveness. As you are assured of your forgiveness. A name that is powerful. God gave us the commandments in order to protect our relationship with him. And in the second commandment, God protects our relationship with him by making sure that his name is pure among us, that his name is rightly used among us. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Heavenly Father, We are all guilty of misusing your name, of associating you with things you don't want to be associated with, of leveraging your name in order to keep our sinful ways. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness, and we are grateful that in the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. We are grateful that in the name of Jesus you have made us your children and that in the name of Jesus that you continue to bless us, that you continue to watch over us. Lord, help us to keep that name of Jesus pure. Help us to properly use your name correctly because it is by your name that we are saved and that you are saving many more people. It is in your name, that we pray. Amen.